It's no secret that we're smoothie fanatics over here at Team OTG. We like just about every kind of smoothie, but the part we don't love? Cleaning the blender. Lucky for us, we just discovered eVive smoothies. They let you make blender-free smoothies that deliver whole fruits, vegetables, superfoods, and plant-based protein. Plus, they're just fun. Their frozen cubes come in these adorable rainbow wheels that really dress up a boring old freezer. You simply pop the frozen cubes into a container, cover in your liquid of choice, let melt for 20 minutes, and shake, shake, shake. That's it. We highly recommend you check them out. They are like nothing we've ever seen before, and we are so here for it. Intrigued? Head on over to evibenutrition.com and use the code OFFTHEGRAM10 for $10 off your first order. think that healing is a destination. I think it's a life, you know, journey. I think it's a road that I'm on and it's a moment to moment practice. Welcome back to Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner, your inner girl boss and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Damn guys, I almost (laughs) had my own intro down. We've only been doing this for one year. All right. It's close. Very close, Jane. Okay. So today's guest, I want to give a warm welcome to my friend, Nitika Chopra. She's the founder of Chronicon, a media and events company dedicated to elevating the lives of those living with chronic illness. Nitika was diagnosed with psoriasis at the age of 10 and psoriatic arthritis at the age of 19 and lived over 17 years of her life being defined by her conditions. In 2010, she decided to take all the lessons her health journey had taught her and use it to help others with the creation of her online magazine, Bella Life. Since the start of her entrepreneurial journey, Nitika has hosted her own TV talk show on Z Living called Naturally Beautiful, hosted over 40 events with hundreds of guests in attendance, and has created dynamic partnerships with over 150 brands in the wellness space. After 10 years in event creation, Nitika launched Chronicon in the fall of 2019, focused on those living with chronic illness. Now, Nitika is excited to announce that Chronicon is expanding online with the Chronicon community, a new and accessible online space with inspiration, advocacy, and empowerment for chronically ill folks across the globe. And you can follow her for daily inspiration at Chronicon Official. Thank you so much for all you do, Nitika, and welcome. But before we get started, I think Heidi or Jamie, one of you guys, has um, something we all want to chat about. All right, gang. It is time for Sweat This this week. So, Heidi, I know you and I are going to take this one because... This is our new obsession, and we we have a lot to talk about. So obviously, <laughs> I know there's two things that if anybody loves two things more than anything in the world, it's you and me. Smoothies and rainbows, right? Uh, these are a new fave of ours at Off the Gram. Evive smoothies. So they literally have a color and a flavor for everyone. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what they are. And then Heidi, I want to hear your personal favorite because I, me and Mason picked out ours and we're literally like on the Evive bandwagon. So this is like blender free smoothies, right? It could not be easier. They come in these little rainbow wheels, right? Is that what you would kind of describe it as Heidi? Yeah, absolutely. 
It's like a little wheel of cubes, right? With, yeah, of triangle cubes. So they're like wedges. Oh, they're so cute. They come like frozen and you just pop them in your freezer. And then when you want to take one out, you can either, here's the other thing I loved. You can either pop out all of the cubes and make yourself like a big grown up size smoothie. Or for mace, I just use half of them and that'll be like a snack size or a kid size smoothie. So literally all you do is you put them in a mason jar or some kind of a container. Uh, you cover them with your liquid of choice. You can use like water, coconut water. We used almond milk. So did we. (laughs) Yeah. And then you just let it, you just let it melt for like 20 minutes and then you shake it. Like, why did nobody think of this before? I mean, I think Heidi, of course here, but like, I can't believe how thick it stays just shaking it. I think that's everybody's biggest issue with smoothie smoothies that don't blend is that they're like liquidy and thin and you don't get that like mouthfeel of a smoothie, but you totally get this with Evive. Yeah, totally. Like who let, I mean, I'm not really a big fan of putting, George does this all the time where he'll just use like powder and water and be like, that's my smoothie. I'm like, that's not a smoothie. That's powder and water. Like, yeah. So this gives you like all organic, vegan, raw ingredients, no added sugar. Thank you very much. So important. It's, yeah, I know you're big on that because you always are telling me you read the back of smoothie containers and it'll say no added sugar, but it's like brown rice syrup, yeah. which is sugar. Right, right. <laughs> so this is like fruits, veggies, superfoods packed into these adorable little wheels of small frozen triangle cubes and they delivered you know, straight to your door for your freezer. And then you just pop them in and you enjoy them. And my favorite thing is obviously not having to clean a blender because I'm literally like the world's worst. I will leave a blender in the sink for three days. (laughs) I know. I'm I'm Well, I cook, so Alex cleans. So, you know. Oh, that's golden. Okay, wait. So now I'm like dying to hear your favorite flavor because they have a lot of flavors. Okay. So first and foremost, let me just say that like, I think my favorite thing about Evive is that they have every color of the rainbow Can I just explain how hard it is to make a blue smoothie? So like, you know, Jane, because you know my kids, but anyone listening who doesn't know my kids, they define themselves by their colors. My twins, when they were just able to speak, they would say, I'm pink, I'm purple. And then they chose blue for James. Like they decided that he's blue. So if anything in our house is that color, heaven forbid I wear something that's blue, pink or purple, you know, it's like, the but next day, their color. Well, also, I better be in somebody else's color the next day and make it even. Oh. It's it's so much work. But anyway, so smoothie time is a battle in our house. It's purple smoothie night. No, it's pink smoothie night. Oh my no, gosh. it's and I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> and so with Evive, I literally could just like pop out cubes into a mason jar for each child. And so you know, James gets that sapphire one, which is the blue one, which is full of amazing ingredients. Again, Evive isn't using like dried fruits that, you know, hypes up the sugar count of things. It's whole fruits, frozen and veggies. And the sapphire has pineapple, cauliflower, blue spirulina, and something called baobab. I don't even, I'm not even sure what that is. (laughs) But but honestly, the names are so cute. It's like samurai, asana, yogi, and they have really, really amazing high quality superfoods in them. So I'll tell you my favorite. Well, I know that you also like the tuk-tuk. I love the tuk-tuk. Oh my gosh. I could live on that thing. Like I would definitely eat one every single day. And it's so good for inflammation, which we both need help with. Anti-inflammatory. I also liked um, the Viva flavor, which was like strawberry, banana, and dragon fruit. But I'm not going to lie. I lost my mind over the chocolate one, the Aztec. Yeah. Banana, strawberry, pear, pea protein, and cocoa. Like, show me the problem. Yeah. 
I mean, I, of course, had to try the Yogi first, <laughs> right? Of course, <laughs> which is, you know, the fabulous green one. It's, you know, it's not as sweet as most of them, but it's still delicious. Oh, love it. <laughs> so, well, thank you, Evive, for yeah. rocking our world. Um, and changing our cleaning habits in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can also head over to evivenutrition.com and you can use our code off the gram 10. That'll give you $10 off your first order. Yeah. So, okay. Heidi here. According to the CDC, six in 10 U.S. adults have a chronic disease. Four in 10 U.S. adults live with two or more. A chronic disease or condition is defined as one that lasts for a very long time. That's in quotes, by the way, on a lot of medical sites, but most places cite one year or more. And while some can be managed with lifestyle and medication, they usually cannot be cured completely. Symptoms of chronic conditions can come and go, leaving those diagnosed and more frustrating everyone in their lives, wondering if their, quote, condition is all in their head. Aside from squashing hope for the future with no end or cure in sight, the lack of understanding from others can feel incredibly isolating. No surprise then that according to the Cleveland Clinic, it is estimated that one third of those afflicted with a chronic disease also struggle with symptoms of depression. Our guest today and someone that I am proud to call a friend, Nitika Chopra, after a lifelong journey full of challenges and struggles, went from feeling isolated and wondering about her purpose to making it her mission to raise awareness, educate people on, and empower people with chronic illness. She's here today to help us better understand the challenges millions of us live with every day and how to better support those in our lives who do. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Nitika. For having me. This was so great. Yeah, I think we want to just, can we just hear a little bit of your story? I think that would be the best place to start. Yeah, I mean, you you all touched on it, you know, so well already in terms of the highlights. But, um, but yeah, I was diagnosed with psoriasis at the age of 10, as, as you mentioned. And I, you know, it's so interesting to hear a lot of the things that you spoke about and not being believed because you were young or just the complications that come with not getting a diagnosis. I was diagnosed pretty quickly because you were able to do a skin biopsy, which allowed the doctor to say, like, this is definitely psoriasis. But the thing that people don't realize is that even though I was diagnosed and within a year, 98% of my body was covered. So, and I lived like that for 17 years of my life, um, which was so incredibly challenging and traumatic and all the things that you could imagine it would be. And yet there are so many layers to it. Like, even though it was a skin condition, what we didn't realize is the way autoimmune diseases are in the body. I don't even think I knew psoriasis was a technical autoimmune disease until much later. I didn't really know much about the term. I just knew there was something wrong with my skin. And growing up, I didn't necessarily know that it caused fatigue, that stress was a factor, um, that it you know caused just all kinds of comorbidities you know, that come with it, whether it's depression or anxiety, um, lots of obviously social implications to, you know, social challenges rather to what I was dealing with. I just didn't have any awareness and my family didn't either, right? My parents are immigrants. Um, I'm a first generation Indian woman and it's just a very different experience. We tried everything, um, you know, Eastern, Western, everything in between, and we had no idea really for the longest time that 
there wasn't just the skin thing. And then when I was 19, I got psoriatic arthritis. And so my bones started to deform and, and that became, that made it challenging to walk, not just because of my skin, but because of my arthritis. So, and that was that way for about six or seven years. So it was just a really, you know, challenging, hard, dark, dark experience to go through. And then to go through it and and not have the empowerment movements that we have now and not have the communities or amazing podcasts that we can listen to and feel less alone. It was, you know, that just compounded everything. So it was a huge part of, of my journey up until I was about 27. That is such a long time to go. I mean, up until 27, that's not just like, you know, five years, that's your whole beginning of your life. Yeah, no, it it is. And I I sometimes now I'm going to be 40 very soon. um, And sometimes I think about it and I'm just like, did that really happen? Like, I don't even, it just feels like, I mean, I feel like it's akin to what women say when they give birth. I don't have children, so I don't know where they have like amnesia. Like, yeah, that hurt, but like, I'm just gonna, you know, I've got the baby now or I'm through the other side or something. I don't know. I just feel like sometimes I'm like, I don't, I can't, even fathom like that, even though I'm the one who went through it for so long. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. I feel like it's like survival a little bit. You have to like black it out or else you'd just be so depressed, you know, which just adds to the whole inflammation aspect, which would make it worse again. Cycle. And you're such a positive person now. I mean, when we first met too, a few years back, you were, I, I just remember getting that first impression. You had that positive energy and such this glow about you, but you would have never, ever known you went through all of that. So how, was that, how did you shake that? How did you get to where you are right now, where you're this beautiful, glowing human who's helping so many people and, and snap out of it? Because I'm sure you're still, you know, dealing with so much. Yeah, no, I think that's a lot of the work that I do is, is even before I started Chronicon, which is definitely my life's work in like the happiest place on the internet is whenever I get to do anything regarding Chronicon, I just feel like I light up so much. Um, But even before I did that, I was talking about self-love and I was talking about beauty as an access point to self-love. I was talking about wellness in general. And it was always focused on this like moment to moment practice. It was never focused on, I am your guru that's going to answer all your questions and give you the remedy to being happy all the time. I've always totally hated that sort of model and mentality because not only does it create separation, which if you lead a spiritual life, you know, we're all one, we're all the same. We are all divine and we have that within us and around us, which is what I truly believe and try to live by. But it also creates this mentality that you need to fix yourself, that you are inherently broken. And so I need to grab on to that leader, that teacher, that guru that's going to tell me exactly what to do so that I can just not be broken anymore. And that is actually incredibly damaging, even though I know not everybody who, you know, maybe leads in that way intends to be damaging or toxic from the patient perspective or from the individual who's struggling's perspective, it does create this dynamic that's really, um, it's not an empowering one. You know, it's one where without you, without that guru, I'm lost and, you know, incapable or sick. So I, I always just say that it was really in the moments when I was lying in bed, you know, in my early 20s. And I also went through a divorce when I was 24, um, which was really hard. And just having these moments of 
tremendous suffering, like suffering that, you know, they talk about in like the hero's journey or something where you were just like, what are you thinking universe? Like, this is the worst thing. I don't understand what, like, I need to speak to management. This is <laughs> what I want for my life. You know, one, like those moments and, and some people have them in a moment and I, and some people like myself have them over years and years and years. And I definitely was that person. So it wasn't a quick fix and it's still not, you know, it's those moments of like, when I talk about self-love, I often say you have to start with self-compassion, right? Because for me, if you can imagine a 21, 22 year old girl in bed, um, unable to work because I couldn't get out of bed or hold a job, you know, all these things. And then physically in like tremendous pain every second of the day, even when I was sleeping, I was itching and in pain. Um, it didn't, self-love was like a joke. It was just like, even though I didn't have the words back then, I can look back and see that it was completely, it was almost cruel to ask me to try to love myself, you know? And it was really in the moments where I could say, okay, I don't love this body right now. I don't love the skin right now. I'm actually really frustrated. I'm really angry. I feel really betrayed by this vessel that I thought was supposed to keep me safe and happy and okay. And yet I can maybe hold a part of my body or hold parts of my skin and say, I'm sorry that you're hurting so much right now. I'm sorry that this is so hard. I'm sorry that I'm really mad at you, you know, and, and the way that you would talk to your younger self, you know, when they talk about parent work or reparenting work or inner child work, whatever it's called, I think it's inner child work. Child. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, things like that. I mean, I could go on and on about it, but that's really when people say like what shifted or, or even ask me, some people will say like, how did you heal? And I'm just like, Oh, I don't know that I would say that I did. I, I mean, I feel healed in the sense that I I don't feel perpetually like I identify with being like the sick, incapable person. Right. But I don't think that healing is a destination. I think it's a life, you know, journey. I think it's a road that I'm on and it's a moment to moment practice. So that's beautiful. Like you are so beautiful. Everything about you is so beautiful. Okay, guys, Jamie here. You may remember last year, we brought you our first ever Off The Gram Live event, where we invited you into our virtual audience for our interview with Ariana Huffington. It was a magic interactive night, and so many of you told us it was the closest you felt to being back with your wellness community since before lockdown. That's right, James. Heidi here. That event was so nice. We're doing it twice. Off The Gram Live is back a new super inspiring guest, the one and only Katherine Schwarzenegger Pratt joins us to discuss her book, The Gift of Forgiveness, which releases in paperback from Penguin Life on March 30th. Want to join the party with us on March 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern? Click on over to offthegrampodcast.eventbrite.com to snag your spot. Tickets are $45 and deliver a Zoom link plus a brand spanking new party in a box. Here a box will come packed with goodies from brands like Pip Snacks, Non-Drowsy Claritin Coolmint Chewables, Uplift Gut Happy Foods, Might All Complete Caffeine Free, Mix Hers Wellness Products for Women, Bare Aspirin Pain Relief, Non-Alcoholic Craft Brewed Goodies from Groovy, Wetterspoon Manuka Honey Products, and many more. And the best part? 
100% of ticket sale proceeds go to God's Love We Deliver to help in their noble efforts to deliver daily, medically tailored meals to those suffering from illnesses and malnutrition. Come be a part of another epic off-the-gram moment. See you there. So from that and from your learnings throughout your life, it really hit me a lot because a lot of, you know, what I do in yoga with my practice and my teachings is I work with doctors and I try to figure out routines for specific conditions so that I can hopefully help someone, anyone, right? But what I found and one of the reasons I actually started doing that was because I came across so many people whether they were students or just acquaintances that would be diagnosed with something and then they'd be given like a prescription, say, and they wouldn't do the work. They wouldn't. They'd just be like, nope, I'm sick. I'm broken. I'm this. I'm that. They'd label themselves. So how would you propose that for any of us, not that it's our job to fix anyone, but, you know, you want to help the people in your life that are struggling. So how would you, as a person, watching someone else struggle, with a chronic condition, what would you say the best way to help or sort of steer in the right direction? What advice would you give for people that know someone with a chronic condition that's in the like dark place? Yeah, this might not be a popular answer, but I'm going to just, I'm honest. So I'm just going to tell you my answer. Um, I I come across that a lot, especially with Chronicon. There's always sort of to, there's so many different types of people, but let's just simplify it, oversimplify it and say there's two different types of people for this particular question. There's the person who wants more for themselves. And even if they don't know how to do it, even if they're a total mess and they're really struggling, totally fine. You're completely allowed to struggle and be messy, but there's something inside of them. That's like, I I hear that it can be better. I'd like to try to figure out what that is, even if I fumble and fall the entire way. And then there's the other person that is really convinced this is the only way that it is ever going to be, and it can never be any better. And I get, oh, I get emotional thinking about that person. It's from this place of, you know, just feeling so defeated. I remember being a version of that person so many times in my life. And so it's not coming from a judgment place of you are either in this one way or this, the other way. It is not a judgment. There's so much compassion to be had for the person who really feels that this is the only way it can be. And this is the only way it can ever be. And, and starting from there, first of all, I think as a, as a teacher, as someone who works with different communities, as a a person who loves someone who's in this position, I think is the most important place to start because a lot of times we just want to fix that person. We just want to be like, Gina, get up. (laughs) Like, I don't know who Gina is. (laughs) Gina needs to get up. She just needs to like, you know, get to it. We don't have time to waste. I'm an Aries. I'm a New Yorker. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a type A. Okay, let's go. We do not have time to waste on you throwing a pity party. <laughs> like this is not possible. Okay. So I have all those feelings. I'm not like mother Teresa or something that I don't have those feelings inside of me. Right. But that's the last thing somebody wants to hear too. Right. Like the way the, if you tell someone you have to go do this, they're probably going to take 10 years longer than if you would have just like somehow held their hand through it without them thinking you were sort of telling them what to yes. do. Right. Yes. It's so true. And and also, I think that that acceptance part from the from the person who isn't the one struggling 
is probably the most important thing that we can do because of that. Because if I try to say, Gina, I'm sorry if any of your listeners' names are Gina, because I literally don't even have a friend whose name is Gina, so I'm not thinking about anything. <laughs> but, you know, Gina, if, if I'm like, you're, you need to change this, you need to go to this doctor, you need, even in, even in Chronicon's work, we never tell people what to do for that exact reason. We give them options. You go follow your intuition. We know you are your smartest keeper of your own body and your own circumstances. But so if you have somebody in your life that is dealing with that, having acceptance for them is the most important thing that you can do because then it gives them permission to start to explore other options. They will get to a point if they are meant to, right? And they might get to this point six years later than you wanted them to, okay? And, and I have friends who are going through like relationships, like that's like another thing, right? It can even be outside of the chronic illness conversation. My friends were going through ups and downs in relationships. And I'm just like, girl, it is so obvious you need to get the hell out of there. Like just go. Okay. And they don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I can see it. It doesn't matter. And me telling that person you need to get out and you need to leave is the least kind thing that I can do really. And it's also, it's really none of my business. Even if they're coming to me, it's not, I'm not the all knowing being, you know, that a lot of times our codependency or our need to be right, or all of those things kind of come into play when we're trying to support someone. Um, Anyway, I feel like I went off on a tangent, but that, those are some of the things I feel like you really need to have that compassion and understanding when someone is really not feeling capable of making that change and not feeling excited about it. And also know that it's not your responsibility, you know, as, and that's the hardest thing, especially when you love someone. Um, It's not our responsibility to make them want more for themselves. (sighs) But it's so hard to witness. So So hard. hard. That's our own work. I know. That's our own work. Yeah. And speaking of our own work, if you're on the other side of that equation and you are that person on the floor in the dark, feeling like there is no hope that it's never going to be better. Your life is destined for pain. You don't want this. I mean, let's not go too far to the depression because, you know, but what do you suggest to the person who's crying on the floor because they're in so much pain and they feel like it's never going to get better and no one understands? Yeah. Um, there's a thousand things that I can suggest. I'm going to try to keep it, <laughs> keep it targeted. Okay. So the first thing I would say is sort of what we talked about before is that like, if jumping from like, you know, this is really hard and really horrible and it's very genuinely challenging to self-love is like rude. Okay. Let's just be honest. If it's rude, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Just take that off the table. If you can get to an, a moment of self-compassion, like, oh, I am in a tremendous amount of pain. Body, I am so sorry that this is like so painful. And I'm so sorry that I am pissed at you right now. I am so mad that I am in this much pain. My whole, all of my cells just like tingled when I said that because it, it releases this vice grip that we have on things in those moments where we're sort of what they say, like white knuckling it, you know, where we're just trying to get something to be different. We just want it to change. We want to fix it. Just acknowledging those things. I don't know why as a country, especially here in America, but I don't know why as a society, we're often taught 
to, you know, push things to the side. Don't go too much into that. Don't, you know, feel too much, whatever. And I believe that's a lot of why we have not only a lot of our chronic illness conditions that we have, but I think that's also a lot of why we have a lot of the addictions that we have in this country. You know, we're not taught to just own how we feel. And a lot of times it's because people are afraid that they're going to feel too much and they won't be able to get out of it, which I understand. But I would say if you can just start to acknowledge, I often say the path to starting this journey starts with rage, which is the opposite of what people think I would say, being that I talk about self-love a lot, but it is true. I needed to own that I was flipping furious at my body and at my, at my circumstances and maybe even my parents for not having the same conditions that I had. No one in my family has these conditions. What the hell? Why am I the one, right? I was a kid. So that was very, very real for me. I had to own that and I had to own it for a while. And once the anger got out of my cellular memory and got out of my system a little bit more, I was able to go to sadness and I was able to grieve it. And then I can potentially walk towards, okay, now like out of this grief and anger and rage and all that stuff is out of my system, out of my way. What do I want to add back in? You know, what do I, what's going to make me feel maybe a little bit of joy on occasion or a little bit of levity or a little bit of happiness, but it's, a lot of people don't want to do the work that comes before that. They're just like, oh, so-and-so said that I could just say this affirmation and everything would be fine. I'm like, there would be no cancer if we could all do that. <laughs> that is not the way that this works. Do affirmations help? Yes. They're a beautiful tool. But I find affirmations really only work for me when I've acknowledged I'm pissed. you know, And then I can say, oh, everything's great <laughs> you know, on top of that if I need to. So how do you suggest somebody who's full of anger starts, because it's scary, right? It's really scary to acknowledge that anger if you've been taught your whole life that it's not okay to be angry, mad, blah, all the things. Negative emotions aren't okay. We run away from them. Do you suggest journaling, punching a pillow? Like, because a lot of people are in a physical space that they can't do kickboxing. What, what is your starting off point for that? Yeah, I get I get asked this a lot actually because I think it's like the number one thing that ha- that has people not go there is they're afraid that they are going to drown in their negative emotions and they will never be able to function if they don't you know if they, if they don't get out of it. So there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, one, I really recommend finding a healthcare professional that you can afford, a therapist that you can afford. Um, especially going once a week. You can do that virtually now these days. And there are also all different types of programs where you can get um, like the Loveland Foundation actually helps, you know, women and girls in black and brown communities to get support for therapy. Um, There's so many different organizations out there that can support you financially if that's something that's challenging for you. Love yourself enough to know that you need help. You know, that's really what that's about. It's not, um, it's not more complicated than that. And then um, I also suggest on top of that, but therapy being a foundational aspect, um, journaling for sure. Um, you know, there's a great uh, method called morning pages, you know, which 
it was in the artist way by Julia Cameron. And she talks about just brain dumping in the morning. And, and I find in the, on the days when I'm really, when I have like a heaviness to me and my emotions and I don't, and maybe I have some shame that I'm feeling that way and I don't really know how to organize it, or maybe it doesn't even make sense. I just feel it. Those morning pages of just not trying to make sense of it, not trying to be you know perfect about it, allowing myself to be messy, just getting it out on the page really helps me, especially when I'm starting out my day. Um, and then I also, I do find that a spiritual practice is really, really, really meaningful. Um, and it's not a religious based practice for me, although I was born Hindu, I'm not a religious person. It's really about honoring that we do have love within all of us, this divine energy of love. And it's within all of us. It's within you. It's within the people that are in your life. It's within all of the experiences that you're having. So what are the ways that you can start to practice connecting to that energy more and more and more um, in ways that feel authentic for you? I pray all the time. I pray all the time. My prayers are so like rude. I'm just like, I am not a neat prayer. Okay. Like someone last night, I was doing an Instagram live with someone and they were asking me, how do you start to pray? And I'm just like, literally, I just wake up in the morning and I'm like, really God, you thought that was a good idea. You let's have a, let's talk about this. Let's unpack why you thought this global pandemic and hundreds of thousands of people losing their lives and their jobs and their ability to have any joy was a good idea. Let's talk about this. You know, I mean, these are the conversations. That's a prayer. It is a prayer. And, you know, Nitika, this is like, it's really interesting because everything that you're saying is applicable to not just somebody with chronic illness, but basically anybody who just went through 2020 and really <laughs> 2021. And, you know, I've heard more of, than a year. Yeah. I've heard other <laughs> um, influencers. I, I won't say who they are, but very large influencers and authors. Um, somebody's coming to mind, but, uh, you know, it's, that's not important. Um, really getting called out for, kind of coming off as tone deaf for being like, just put it, put on your big girl panties and like, let's just plow through. And a lot of people were saying, you know, that's really from a place of entitlement of white privilege of just, yeah, it's easy to pull through when you're living in a big old house with, you know, a lot of nice things and people aren't all having that same experience. The point I'm trying to make is, is that this has been so damaging for so many people that it really almost does feel at this point, like a, a form of, of chronic illness. It's, it's a global illness. It's a spiritual illness. It's a universal illness uh, on top of the actual physical obvious one that is COVID, but it's something that we're all dealing with. And yeah, sometimes just saying like, put on your big girl panties and deal with it just isn't going to be the motivation that somebody needs to hear. So I really love this idea of kind of processing through it and like giving your anger at the, at the situation, a big hug before you weren't ready to move on. And to that end, I wanted to ask, can you just tell us about Chronicon a little bit? Cause like, I think that people would like to hear what, what the platform is and how do people connect and what can they find there? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, just, I really appreciate you bringing up that point, you know, of, those who are coming from a place of privilege, like everything that I've shared so far is really designed to be shared in a way where whether you have money or not, you hopefully will be able to access these things. Whether you have the ability to walk or not, whether you have the ability to get out of your bed, get out of your home. My goal in sharing any of these practices is always with that in mind 
right? Because I couldn't get out of my bed for close to six years, you know, and then to see people talk about just get up and go, just say this thing. I was like, that was deeply harmful, you know? So I appreciate you, you bringing that to light because that is always my intention with wanting to share some of these tools. But um, in terms of Chronicon, my baby, you see my smile gets so hot, like big. Your skin glows more. I know, (laughs) even more if that's possible. I love her so much. Um, Yeah, so we, you know, as I mentioned, I think earlier we launched with, I don't even know if I did, but we launched with a live event in 2019 and um, it was so wonderful. It was so, it was sold out. We had thousands of people live stream it. It was just like such a beautiful experience to see that like you can launch something. And I was like, I don't know if anyone's going to get it. I don't know what's going to happen, you know? And because I've had these chronic illnesses for so long, but I've also felt so alone in it. And then I noticed that there are over 133 million Americans alone that have a chronic illness. I was like, I'm sure like at least some of them will want to come. And so they did. And that was really, really, really fulfilling. And then in 2020, obviously I had to pivot and figure out like, what does this look like for this community? Not just for 2020, but knowing in the back of my mind, even before we got to the end of the year and it became more and more clear for most people that the likelihood of this community getting together in person before 2022, even 2023, depending on vaccines and our ability to take them is pretty low. Like it's, it's pretty, you know, unrealistic that we'll be able to get together in person for a while. So I decided to just really go inward and figure out like, what is, what is the warmest, most resourceful, most connected, most accessible thing that I can create online. And that is where I came up with the Chronicon community. And it's a virtual um, membership platform. It's a monthly membership. And you get a couple of different workshops a week. So we host like at least one to two workshops a week, sometimes even three. Um, and it's just so fun. We have so much, such incredible speakers doctors, practitioners, advocates. Um, we even have like beauty entrepreneurs who launch skin, skincare brands because they had rheumatoid arthritis or they had a brain tumor. We have entrepreneurs that are talking about being your own advocate while you're growing your business and also living with a chronic illness. And it's a really special place because it really is about celebrating what your life is like while living with a chronic illness. So it's not about bypassing. It's not about saying that this flare didn't happen or that this isn't hard, but it's also not about staying in the heaviness of how hard it is. And that in and of itself, it has the ability to create a foundation of support, of healing. And it's really, it's just become my favorite place on the internet. So (laughs) talking to you is like a meditation. I'm sorry. (laughs) I know. I just felt like I was so present. I am so listening to what you were saying. It is so just everything about you and your demeanor and your voice. And I'm just, I'm so impressed that you've been able to turn something and, you know, turn something so challenging into something so positive, but you are truly a vessel for a very special light. And I'm, I'm sure you've been told that before, but I just wanted to say it here. Yeah. That's so sweet. Thank you so much. If there's one thing no one has in the morning, it's extra time. Being wellness junkies, we wanted to ensure that we were taking the right vitamins, but admittedly, we were overwhelmed about exactly what was right for us. With so many supplement suggestions out there, it was hard to know what was right for us. 
Thank goodness Persona makes it simple. After taking a brief online nutritional assessment, Persona curates a custom pack of vitamins organized in convenient and biodegradable tear-off daily pouches that are delivered every 28 days directly to your doorstep. How does it work? They use a unique algorithm that takes into account gender, age, diet, allergies, lifestyle factors, as well as current health conditions and more. We loved opening our box and seeing our names on the pouches. A simple reminder that we're in good hands and getting exactly what our body needs. For listeners of Off The Gram, Persona is offering 50% off your first order. To activate your discount, simply visit www.personanutrition, P-E-R-S-O-N-A-N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N.com forward slash off the gram to take the online nutritional assessment. Well, I think this is a great place to kind of pivot to our closing remarks. We have two specific things that we do. One of them is a lightning round, and I'm going to ask it. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. <laughs> Number one, morning or evening workout? Oh, God. Workout? Or none. Workout would be morning if I can get myself to do it. And it's probably one of my biggest life challenges. So I'm it's a constant journey for me. Well, you know what? Like mine is like doing morning pages. So it's like everyone has their thing. It's like, I, I'm like, tomorrow is going to be the day that I journal. And then that my kids don't demand my attention from the first second I'm awake. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Number two, if you are going to work out, what is it that lights your fire? What do you like to do? Okay. So I have to balance, like not stressing my body out too much while also moving my body. Right. Because that's a thing that can happen for people that have autoimmune conditions in particular. So I really, this is so embarrassing, but I really love Leslie Sansone's walk with Leslie. Okay. Let me tell you. I'm obsessed with this. What is it? (laughs) Okay. I'm pretty sure she's a Jersey girl. Um, she's like 60. All right. My God, I she, love this. Is she like, like prancer size? <laughs> perfect. Let me just tell you. And she has such body positive language, like her affirmations that she's saying, she's like, yeah, we're going to walk. You're going to, your heart's going to feel great. You're going to feel healthy. You're going to have more energy. Never does she talk about like any kind of body shaming or perfecting or any of that kind of stuff. And it's really great for people who have joint issues and can't do like high intensity stuff. And I sweat and you can do it right from your home. Wait, so. do you have to go outside and walk or do you do it like in at home? Right on YouTube. That's amazing. That's amazing. Look, I, if I have more DMs than any other kind, it's women saying that they, it's not like the women that know how to go to soul cycle are, are really asking me fitness advice. It's women, especially maybe that are in their fifties or their sixties thinking like, oh, that ship has sailed, but maybe I could get back on the ship, but, but how? So that is one to keep in my pocket. Leslie. I love it. I, well, that's true. And I, I'm a runner, but I've heard so much that people, for people who can't run anymore, if I went, let's say the six miles that I ran and someone else walked, it would take a lot longer. But if you went and you walked in a nice pace, that same six miles, you will get the same, the same benefits. You could burn the same amount of calories. It's all there. It's just, I mean, it's a little more time if you want to do the six miles, but they say it's very, it's super equivalent. So don't it just take you like seven days. Or you can start with half a mile. Yeah. 
smile. Yeah. But I'm saying at least you don't have to say like, oh, can't run, can't do anything. Or right, you know what right. I mean? Can't move. Those walks count. Absolutely. And I can get to it. She's life-giving. I so. love that. Okay. So the last one is coffee, tea, or matcha. Oh, oat milk latte with two stevias every morning. Oh, I mean, that is, in my opinion, that is the correct answer. I <laughs> like almond milk as well, but I, I have recently been on an oat milk kick. It's just so good. Jamie, that was one of the last events we went to together in real life. That oh, Chivani yeah. oat milk the thing. Chivani oat milk. Oh, yeah. Oh, R.I.P. Real latte. life encounters. Yes. All right. So our very, very last thing, girls, I'm going to need your help since Megan isn't here, is called... Karma call. call. <laughs> so I, I usually make Megan say it. It's called Karma Call. But Megan does this whole like theatrical voice with it. But I always explain it because as you know, karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So we ask all of our amazing, inspiring guests, what is one actionable item our listeners could do for, I don't know, a week or two every day that would totally change their life? It could be drinking water. Mm-hmm. Or going for a walk. <laughs> or journaling. <laughs> Totally. All good advice. Um, I think what I would love for y'all to do is to start getting honest about the places in your life, which you are holding on to with rage. Damn. That's Mike a drop. Good. Yeah. Mike drop. <laughs> Literally like there's no better place to start. There's just no better place to start. And It doesn't have to be that you're actually even making yourself feel the rage yet. I get it. If it feels scary, it can be really tender. It can be really subtle. It can be really slow and quiet. But even just noticing little things like, oh, I'm really irritable right now. Like, what is that? What's underneath the fact that I'm really irritable? Oh, you know, I'm so upset that I'm still in this flipping apartment a year later or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be this huge thing, right? And I think that's also, it's not about the show. That's not, no one else needs to even know that you're doing this, right? It's the small moments with yourself and then maybe write them down and even just list it out, even just list it out and just start to, when you acknowledge something, you can move through it. And so that's my hope in having you start there is that for you to move to the other side of it, you have to really get honest about what's going on. I love that. You just gave us something to chew on. All right. Well, good luck, everybody, with getting honest with your rage. I hope nobody, uh, their wall. <laughs> nobody's families. Yeah. It, right? But yeah, that's what I, that's what I want you to do. No, I love it. Uh, Thank you so much for being here with us today. This was absolutely amazing. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening in at home. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast everywhere podcasts can be consumed so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to follow us on the gram at Off The Gram Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much. It was so awesome.